Welcome to Leveling Up the Podcast with Alethea Tucker. I'm so happy that you're listening today. My goal is to bring something new, something promising. I plan to bring conversation, resources, and wisdom around the things that are holding us back from going for our best. We'll talk about everyday life and careers. I'll bring us dialogue designed to dig deep and identify our passions. We'll talk about the limits that you need to let go of and the promise that you need to grab a hold of. I'll interview women who bring valuable insight to the table. We'll have opportunities for Q&A and we'll talk resources to help along the way. There are levels to this and we'll hit them all starting at the ground floor. We all have dreams and now is our time to level up. Ground floor. Growing up as an only child was sometimes a very lonely place to be. For quite some time, my parents' siblings on both sides had just one child. So we were a family for a pretty long time, full of only children. (laughs) As a result, I was close to all of my cousins and we really considered ourselves more like sisters and brothers than we did really as cousins. We argued and made up just as quickly. You know, there were times when we didn't get along. However, we always knew that we had one another and we were all each other's best friends. As a military family, you know, travel is inevitable. And it was during my time away from my family that I really longed for friendship. I longed for that the most probably of all of the experiences and the things that I missed uh, when we traveled in the military. I made friends rather easily and considered those relationships forever binding. In growing and maturing, you know, I realized that all of my friends didn't view our relationship with the same sentiment. Like most, I've had relationships destroyed by a broken confidence or insensitive behavior or actions that have occurred because of differing views on loyalty. Yeah, that can be so painful. Nothing hurts worse than finding out that your good friend really wasn't good for you at all. Hmm. How could I not see what was coming, I'd say to myself. As time has progressed though, I find myself so grateful for each and every relationship, encounter, and acquaintance. Yeah, I can honestly look back and see where each has been a part of God's plan for me. Without experience, I wouldn't be able to know what an enduring relationship looks like. And God has had his hand in every situation and it truly has worked for my good. So I've learned. When friends come and go, they were there for a reason and and that's okay. Nothing changes the pain, however, that's caused by growth. And growing pains can really, really be so painful and you know they never stop because you never really stop growing in some way or another. We may stop hurting in areas 
where that growth has occurred, but we don't ever really stop growing. We don't ever really stop growing. However, we will always, always know that we can handle that pain. And if we believe that God truly has his hands on us and he orchestrates everything, then we know that all things in our lives happen for a reason, even broken friendships. Your affirmation. I am so glad that God has his hand on my life. I'm grateful that he sees what's coming my way even before it gets to me. I'm glad that he is continuously working things for my good. I know that the people who are supposed to be in my life are going to be there. I know that each person who has stepped into my life is there for a reason. So I'm grateful for the growing pains and for the things that both have hurt and the growth that has made me better. Because you see, whether hurting or feeling great, it's made me better. I'm thankful for all of my relationships, and I know that I'm a better person because of each one of them. Main Level Welcome to Leveling Up the Podcast with Alethea Tucker. I'm so glad that you've joined us today, and I have a very special guest for you. As you know, we are still in the middle of Women's History Month, and I'm highlighting some women who are doing great things. And the women that I've been highlighting recently are women who are a part of a project that's near and dear to my heart, and we're going to talk to you about that. Today with me, I have Lindia Grant. Lindia has a master's degree in communications, and she's a trained speaker, an entrepreneur, author, radio talk show host, and major special events planner. She continues to serve as a syndicated newspaper columnist since 2005 for the Washington Informer newspaper. She's a seasoned radio talk show host on Radio One Washington, D.C., weekly since 2002. Lindia was appointed by two U.S. presidents, two D.C. mayors, and two D.C. council members to coordinate inaugural events, major festivals, and a national monument unveiling ceremony seen worldwide on all major networks. Finally, Lindia was commissioned to do the official bronze bust of the Reverend Jesse L. Jackson. Indeed, I am so tickled to have her with me today. Everybody, please help me to welcome Lindia Grant. Hi, Lindia. Hi, Alethea. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being with us. Yes. Thank my, you so much. It's my pleasure. You know, I already said that I'm highlighting women this month, Women's History Month, who are doing some great things. And so, you know, I had to talk to you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I had to talk to you. You have done some awesome things, not just here in this D.C. metro community, but really, you know, across the country and, and tapping yes. into the world. You know, you have yes. done 
some awesome things. And I know that you're going to be dropping some wonderful gems here today as we talk to the audience. So I just read, you know, from your bio, I told mm -hmm. them what you've been doing and, you know, kind of some of the things that you've done across your career. Tell us a little more about yourself. What didn't I cover in your bio? Well, I, I'd like to let people know I'm the daughter of two Pentecostal preachers. All right. And I like to call myself the Sharecropper's daughter because we grew up on a farm in North Carolina. And mm -hmm. so I was born 1951. So you all can imagine what it was like back in the 50s and the 60s when um, families, my family was nine children and my father would have all of us pick cotton. We all had to pick cotton because that was how you survived. Although he made money as a sharecropper, in certain times of the year, like the fall, cotton was the way that we make money. And if it was just he and my mother, it wasn't going to be enough. So he would add every able-bodied child. And even if I wasn't old enough to pick cotton, I remember being in the car taking care of my baby brother and he wouldn't stop crying. And I accidentally spilled liniment in his face. And if anybody knows what that means, that burns. And everybody wanted to know what in the world is she doing? So anyway, long story short, I was married for 17 years, divorced, and I have three children, adults, all married, and five grandchildren. So that was my childhood beginning and my marriage beginning. That's the part that people don't usually know. Wow, such a rich history. You know, so many people have roots in the South. You know, mm -hmm. I'm from South Carolina also. Um, and it's funny because I truly feel like those roots, they really help to develop who we are, you know, yes, to does. this day, to this day, I push into mine. I do too. Yes. So what are some things that you're passionate about? Well, um, two things. One, I enjoy speaking because, uh, after getting divorced, I wanted to know why one person can make it and be successful and another one not. So I had to blaze my own trail as Dorothy Gilliam's book. She, her book is called Trailblazer. Mm. So I had to be a trailblazer because what I wanted to do, I had no role models in my family. And so I, I didn't know at first. But, you know, you keep looking and keep looking. And the, the most important thing I wanted to know, how can one person be successful and another one not? And then I learned it, it's the way you think. And that's when I found Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. And so I knew that I wanted to be a speaker and help other people to know what I know, especially African-Americans, because we as a people sometimes think that we are who we are. We were born this way. They don't understand the power of our brain. And Napoleon Hill talks about using our brain. It's like having a million dollars and you only pick up one penny. So I, I really was intrigued by that. I wanted to know how can I know more? And so I studied and studied and studied. And although it took me longer because of my beginnings, I knew that being a speaker was important. And then when I graduated from college, um, 
my mom had died from type two diabetes. I knew that I wanted to uh, help others who had diabetes. So when I was in college, as you mentioned about me going to college, I went late. I was in my fifties when I started. And when I got my master's, my professor told us, I expect to see you um, in the news, in magazines, on TV, and on the radio, because especially African-Americans, because there's so many things. And he was a Caucasian white male, but he just knew that if things change, it's up to us to do it. So as soon as I graduated, I got busy trying to reach Denise Rollock Barnes to ask her if I could write in her column. So that's what I'm excited about, helping people understand more about type 2 diabetes because of what happened to my mom, and then utilizing my speaking skills to help them understand that they can be all that they want to be, and they must be willing to make the changes. Absolutely. Wow. that That's a lot. That's a lot. And you're such a motivation. You know, I've been listening to you for years now on over on WYCB and listening, you know, and the people that you interview, you have interviewed some awesome, I mean, just some, some real trailblazers, you know, and I love how you always get to the folks who are doing things. And you always stress that in your interviews, you know, tell me what you're doing. How are you bettering the community? Tell me more about this. You are a real voice in this area. And um, I appreciate you for what you have done, not in just working with me on this project, of course, but what you've done over the years in the, in the community, Lindia, has been phenomenal. And I encourage anybody who has not heard her to definitely listen in on her interviews. And, you know, she'll be telling us more about what she's doing now, you know, a little later. So we'll, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll definitely talk about that. And just to ask you, you know, and like I said, you've interviewed so many people, you know, you've interviewed mm -hmm. so many people, but just, and I hope this doesn't catch you off guard. I don't think mm -hmm. it will. If you could really say who the most, or maybe I should say one, I don't want you to say who the most um, impactful or the most phenomenal uh, person is that you have interviewed on your show or some of the more memorable, let's put it that way. <laughs> I, I, I can easily answer. Okay. The late Congressman John Conyers from oh. Detroit, Michigan. Wow. And the reason I choose him is because I asked him to be on my show because I couldn't at the time get um, Reverend Dr. Bernice King. I did get her eventually, but I said, I got to have somebody for Martin Luther King. And I had read a little bit about him being the first person who wanted to have a King holiday. And he did it only a few days or so after the King death. And people thought he was crazy, but it took a lot of years, but still he gets the credit. And so I decided I wanted to see, maybe nobody's asking him, maybe he'll come. And he did. But the, and the reason it was so memorable, because his chief of staff in Michigan uh, sent it out all over the place because I had a contract working for Lewis College of Business, the only historical black college in the state of Michigan. Mm. And so they kind of knew me in Detroit. And so they had sent out tweets all over Detroit. 
And then the Congressional Black Caucus, were, they were excited that he was on my show. They were sending out tweets and I had, my phone was jumping, jumping, jumping. I had never had that before or after Congressman John Conyers stimulated the most action when he was on my show, talking about the Dr. Martin Luther King holiday and how he did it and why he did it and how good he felt when it actually happened. Wow. Wasn't that something? Just mesmerized, you know, and look at where that holiday is now. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Nationally recognized. And I bet that did do a lot for viewership that day. Oh, it did. It did. <laughs> I bet it did. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and, my we, goodness. and because it, you can hear the radio show local and online anywhere in the world, it's so much bigger than it would have been because I'm, I send out the link so that they can listen everywhere. Yeah. And so people do. And they listen everywhere. So tell, tell us a little more about that. What is it like working in the broadcast world? For somebody out there, you know, on this show, we talk about leveling up, right? We yes. talk about the importance of making sure that you know exactly you know, what you want to do, where you want to go, realize that age has nothing to do with it, but know that you have to do whatever is necessary to get you to the next level. So leveling up and developing yourself. So tell us for anybody out there who's interested in broadcasting, and you know, if anybody can tell us about it, surely you can. Well, with your experience. What I'd like to say is I, I came into uh, being on the radio and writing my column knowing that it was for the long journey. It was like, a um, what is it? A journey begins, a thousand miles began with one step. I knew yes. that when I first came on the radio, I was shy, I was nervous, although I had done Barbara Lett Simmons' show, but because that was her show, I had gotten excited and felt good about it. But when I did my own show, the first few, six months or so, I, I was... So like a deer in the headlight is what the producer at Radio One said. So what I'm really saying is you have to want to do it and know that you're going to grow. It's like when you plant a tree, I remind myself, I've been on this station 12 years. And when I first came on, I had, my seed was planted. Well, it mm. had to grow. So mm -hmm. a tree, look at look at a tree in 12 years. Any anybody who has been doing anything for 12 years will improve. So I want listeners to understand that you have to do something even when you're afraid. Les Brown always used to tell us, fail your way to success. When wow. the producer came to me one day in the station and said, You sounding really good on the radio now. You sound so live and interviewing so well. He said, when you first came on, you were like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> and the other side of that is some days I may not want to be on because I don't feel good or because it's every Friday. I just want to come in and go to sleep. I, you know, it's so many times, but, but we have to decide what's important to us. You have to make a sacrifice. Do you think I really feel like writing a column every Saturday and Sunday and getting it in early Sunday so it could be in the paper the next week. My radio show became, I mean, my um, newspaper article became syndicated. It was syndicated all over the country for five years and I didn't even know it. 
But that was because I had to do it because I knew I was helping people. And when they call, little old ladies may call me and tell me I'm sending copies of your column to my sons who are in prison. I'm making notebooks. They made, they, they made me sit down because I don't get paid to do that. I'm a volunteer writer. And I write from my heart. And a lot of people who are in the broadcast business tell me, you should quit because you're good and you should get paid. I just have to remind myself, God will repay me. And that's just kind of how we do it. I just do it. And yeah. the same with the radio. I don't get paid for either one. So why am I doing it? To help people. Yes. Uh, that right there is phenomenal. To help people. And help people you have in a major way. You have mm -hmm. definitely, definitely helped people. You know, when I was thinking of the project, uh, The Reinvented to Rise, Volume 2, mm -hmm. which is the anthology that we're working on, and I placed it, I put the documentary up there with it as well this time, so I'm really excited. I uh, had a couple of our other co-authors on already, and we talked about, um, you know, the wonderful weekend we had, and just the real sisterhood and the bond yes. that we began to develop as we've been working on this project. And that's a huge piece of it, it isn't it? It was wonderful. I enjoyed them. And, and the day I met them, you remember, I had rested all day long. I took the day off yes. because I felt I might be too tired and I might not want to go because I had to drive from Gatesburg to Columbia. And I just took the day off and rested. And then I got myself dressed. And when I got there, I was so happy to talk to my sisters. I know I walked in the room and had court. I'm sorry. I don't always do that. But I just took the room by storm because I felt so good to be among my sisters. And, and you. And the room environment, the environment was good. Yes, the environment was wonderful. And look, if you took court, we were happy to have you take it, all right? <laughs> We thoroughly enjoyed ourselves that night. We and sure I did. didn't know I would do that. That just happened. Right. <laughs> that entire weekend was just phenomenal. Yes, it was. I can't wait for the audience to see um, the documentary. And it, it is coming. And we'll mm -hmm. have more about that in the weeks to come. So you have to stay in touch with all of us because we're all going to be talking about it. Yes. And Ladia also mentioned that she's going to have some of us on her show as well. So trust me, we're going to give you all plenty of opportunity to connect with us and stay in touch to make sure you hear about this thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> so tell me, Lindia, I know I asked you, you know, we've talked about this before, but I want our audience to hear, why is it that you wanted to be a part of this whole project, the book and the documentary? Well, first of all, I had seen your first one with my good friend, Minister Paulette Holloway, yeah. Rush, married to Congressman Bobby Rush. And I was so intrigued just watching the movement of what had happened with that book. And I had written three books, um, two self-published and one with the publishing company, which looks like uh, the publishing company sold it all over the world, but they never paid me one penny. Oh, no. So I feel that because, again, I'm the sharecropper's daughter having to come to town and learn, but not being afraid. And let Les Brown saying, fail your way to success. Yeah. You have to, sometimes you have to keep failing until you get the right thing. And then even I wrote, a, 
I paid another lady $2,000 to do my book and she promised she was going to get it into a movie and she was going to get the Oprah and some of the stories of my book were so fantastic. She just skipped town and stopped calling me and just took my money. So I felt that you were safe. Okay. Honest. <laughs> I wanted to be in a group with someone that I trusted because because Minister Holloway's book did come out, the first one that you did. Yeah. And I just watched and I said, well, you know, Lord, I've been trying to do it on my own. Maybe if I get in with a group and maybe uh, somebody can see or hear me and we'll, we'll take the next step where I write another book eventually. But for now, I knew this would be where I needed to go. Yes. And I thank you for accepting me. Oh, I thank you for even wanting to be a part of this. You know, the project, when we talk about the topic of reinvention, you know, we have many faces, many colors, many ages, mm -hmm. sizes, and none, nothing is niched in when we talk about reinvention. I work with the women that I like to say are in our prime, those who are 45 plus. Yes. So those are always the women that I focus on, you know, because mm -hmm. I want them to see that reinvention, you know, doesn't have any limits. It keeps going. It keeps going. Yes, it does. It, keeps going. Yes, it, does. it yes. just keeps going. And that's why we have volume two now. And the next volumes will be coming out because in order to stay relative, in order to stay vibrant, mm -hmm. in order to stay alive, you've got to be able to reinvent and move into that area where you're not just surviving life, but uh -huh. thriving. Yes, yes. Is what I always say. So I know that um, you bring that out in your chapter and you bring that out also in the documentary. So tell them, just give them a little teaser about your chapter. We're not, we're not telling it all. Just give no, them a little no. teaser. What can they expect? Well, uh, you can expect that you see someone actually doing what I'm suggesting to you to take the bull by the horns and do it even though you may be shaking in your shoes. Try and do it anyway, because if you try and you make it, you're failing your way to success. Suppose you do well and then you'll be the better for it. But if you don't even try, you'll stay exactly where you are for the rest of your life. So I won't go into the topic of it unless you want me to. No, you don't have to. <laughs> I just want them to understand that you have to be willing to try to do whatever God has given you because that's what happened. I was inspired by God. And, and, and because I'm the daughter of two preachers, I know the difference. There are some things come in your mind, um, you know, some things are, are negative and some things are positive. I, I don't think it matters whether you're in church or not for you to know where the negative comes from. That's right. So when we have positive things that seem too large for us to do, we need to ask God to show you how so that you can start taking those necessary steps. Well, it took my in my book, you'll see it took a couple of years to get it done, but it was worth it in the end. And it will be worth it for you too. Never think that God has given you something that is too big for you because he wouldn't have given it to you if it wasn't meant for you to do. 
Mm, now those are powerful words right there. Never think that something is too big for you to do that he's given to you because he wouldn't have given it to you That's if right. you weren't supposed to do it. I That's love right. that. That's those right. are words to live by right there. And then you already know how many times have you heard Les Brown say there are more dreams in the graveyard. Yes. That's what that's about. Because Absolutely. God gave these people the dream and they were too afraid to try. Right. They were too afraid to try. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And who wants to, you know, who wants to live life that way? Sitting in, I always say when I, I visualize sitting in my 90, in my rocking chair, maybe in my nineties, <laughs> because by then uh -huh. I might want to sit down, you know. Uh -huh. Right, right. <laughs> But sitting and looking back and saying, I wish I would have. Yes. yes you know, who yes. who wants to live that mm -hmm. life yeah. of wishes? You know, I wish I would have. Mm -hmm. Particularly when you know that you have been given something to do that you know God desires for you to do. That's right. So, um, again, I say words to live by. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Words to live by. So I know we're talking about the book. Is, are there any other things that you're working on right now? Well, um, I'm working uh, in partnership with my daughter because at my age, I really didn't want to start anything new. Um, but, I, but I encouraged her to start a tour company because working for the African-American Civil War Memorial as a project director in D.C., I had to work under Councilman Frank Smith, appointed by him, I learned that tourism was the number one industry in Washington, D.C. It is. So my daughter was listening. I was talking about I wanted to get a bus and I, if I could partner with somebody, I'd try to make some money off just that one bus. She was listening and I didn't realize it. And she started writing a business plan and started saying she was going to start a tour company. Then she found a church in North Carolina, a Rocky Mount, that are holding seven buses for her. Oh they bought the buses. She's been to see them. They gave her the VIN numbers for her to try to get a loan. She's meeting, anyway, long story short, she's moving forward on getting um, a fleet of buses. And I'm in partnership with her along with a couple other people. And we're excited because of what I know and who I know in D.C. So she's going to get the buses and her mama going to help her hook it up because that's she right. know, every, know everybody. So that's what, that's what we're going to do. I'm going to be working in the communications side and her grand opening and making sure she's hooked to the right people. So that's my goal. And she said, you're not going to have to work. We want you to retire and travel and enjoy your life. Oh, look at that. Oh, my. Lindia, that is awesome. Yes, Absolutely it is. awesome. I cannot think of a better combination just knowing you and i know your daughter also uh-huh well i know that um she is more than capable of pulling this off and with you as her communications expert as yes, her communications yes, yes. director <laughs> and alethea she used to work for dc transit a uh, metro she was a bus driver so she she's an, and, and, and she's driven buses for schools so she's knows what she's doing yeah uh she may drive a little while when she first starts but she'll be hiring drivers awesome. but she still want to do it herself so that when you're teaching somebody else you know everything they need to know 
Absolutely. That's a good business owner. You know all parts of your business. Mm-hmm. And then she can keep doing her makeup and hair and, yes. and running her company, but not doing the buses. Not doing the buses. Absolutely. Hey, that's a story right there of reinvention and of starting. And you say at your age, you didn't want to start anything else. But guess what? You are starting something. <laughs> but you're doing it your way. You know, yes, I am. You are I doing am. it your way. So you're as involved as you want to be and not involved as you want to be. Yes, so that's yes, perfect. Yes. That's it what works, I'm saying. It works for me. Exactly. What works for you. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, we're starting to wrap up. This has been great. I mean, I knew it would be. We could talk forever. You know, oh, yeah. Just, just the wealth of knowledge that you have. So I may have to bring you back for part two for sure. We'll, we're <laughs> definitely going to talk about that. Uh-huh. But I always like to give my audience some things to chew on, so to speak, some things that they're going to have to help them to level up. So are there any resources that you would like to recommend to the audience that's going to help them to reach for greater and be greater? Well, first thing they got to do is figure out their own weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, my battery is, is saying it's not charging. I'm sorry. Hold on. That's okay. <laughs> it's plugged in, but let me just make sure I don't want to go off. Right. Yeah, that's important. Don't go off. Not yet. Almost. Let's <laughs> um, plug in. Oh, wait, let me just, if, if you can edit this out, I'm sorry. Okay, no problem. Oh, the plug was out. Yeah, okay. You don't want to go off because I had it. I moved it and didn't know it. Okay. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't want to get to the end and it go off. That would be awful. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. But again, okay, so now know, what resources would you like to recommend to our audience? Something that's going to help them to level up. Well, if you're a speaker, I would say um, join Toastmasters, find other speakers, go on TV, on YouTube or on your computer and listen to speakers day and night because you don't have to travel so far now to find speakers. You can listen to Zig Ziglar and Les Brown and Willie Jolly and Alethea and everybody else you want to hear and just learn and learn and learn. So the most important part of what I want you to know is work on yourself to improve. So if it's uh, construction, you have to go to class and learn what you don't know. Don't go out there being a mom and pop. you got to learn. Make sure you get the steps correctly. And then also I want to say read books because just like I, I recommend Think and Grow Witch for speakers, I recommend The Magic of Thinking Big, and I also recommend Rich Dad, Poor Dad, so that when you get rich, you understand how to what to do with money. Yes, I love that. Give me those books again, The Magic of Thinking Big. I know Think and Grow Rich. And then Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Les yeah. Brown used to tell us about that one all the time because it's about um, how you use money. And yes. what you, the value you have, you place on money. Absolutely. And how people with less can do more because of the values they had. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for those of you who are watching and listening, 
I will have notes on how you can access those resources as well as the authors of those books. And we'll make sure that you can connect and get those things. All right. Mm -hmm. So Lindia, how can we get in touch with you if we need to reach out to you? Well, if you want me to be a speaker, contact my daughter, Tanika Bellis. Her number is 202-422-1508. 422-1508. She's okay. my volunteer speaker coordinator. She told me don't do it again. No. Right, right. Awesome. Absolutely. And then you can go to my, you can send an email to lindiagrant at gmail.com. And you can also go through my website. I always wanted to be like Oprah. She had <laughs> Oprah.com. I have LindiaGrant.com. It's easy to remember. Yeah. www.lindiagrant.com. No space, just LindiaGrant.com. .com. Awesome. That's what we need. And I'm going to put this in the notes section too. So everybody will have access to it. Okay. Listen, this has been such a treat for me, such a treat for me. I greatly appreciate you being a part of this project. I greatly appreciate you speaking to us this morning. Um, I know that you've got great things coming up, you know, and I'm excited for you. I'm excited about working with you on this project. Yes. And I was really happy to have you on today as someone during Women's History Month, well, not just this month, I'm having you on during Women's History Month, but mm -hmm. you're doing great things all the time. So I'm very happy for you to have been here today to share a little of what that greatness looks mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much. And it makes me feel good because of my early upbringing in the South. Mm -hmm. So that is truly historical. Oh, thank you. Thank I came to take it by storm. I came to take it by storm. I didn't want to come here and act like I was scared. I wanted to come in and jump in and know well, what is going on here. Yes, so. absolutely. And taking it by storm, you are. <laughs> yes, indeed. indeed. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you all so right. much. Thank you, Alicia, and thank you uh, to, the, uh, to the listeners. Absolutely. Hope, hope you all have a good weekend. Yes. Well, you guys, you know, that was Lindia Grant. She was indeed a pleasure to have on here for our show today. And again, connect with her. Go out and look at her website. Look at the phenomenal things that she has done over the years in the community. Uh, you will be in for a great treat. I promise you won't regret it. So that's it for our show today. I encourage you, as I always do, Remember that it's never too late to reinvent. Level up to make sure that you get to the greatness that you desire to have. Go out, be confident, be authentically you, knowing that only you have the imprint, that thumbprint that you have, that thumbprint that you're going to go out and make an impression with and change the world. All right. Thanks again. The Loft. Today with us, we had a special guest, Lindia Grant, and she, before she left, made sure to recommend some resources for us. First of all, to get in touch with Lindia, she says, give her daughter a call, also known as her administrative assistant. Her name is Tanika Bellis, and she can be reached at 202-422-1508. 
Lindia's website is lindiagrant.com and her Gmail account or her email is lindiagrant at gmail.com. She also recommends some things that you can do to level up. They include joining groups like Toastmaster, perfect for you, particularly if you're trying to get your speaking game on point. She recommends as well, just going out to YouTube and looking for various self-help videos that are available to you, absolutely free. Also, there are a number of books. She's an avid reader and she recommends the following books. The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz, Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. All of these books can be found at your favorite bookstore. I'm going to list where you can find them at Amazon. And that's it. Okay, we've reached the end of the episode. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. As you catch the elevator down, if you feel so inclined, rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Remember, every day is a new opportunity, and it's never too late to level up.